And today was a day just like any other. Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 146 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a deep dive into DOJ's indictment of chicken industry executives for price fixing and lessons learned for antitrust compliance. Hello, everyone. Hope everybody is doing well, uh, staying safe, staying healthy, and, uh, and, uh, you know, we're raising awareness around a lot of important issues right now. Uh, the country's in a lot of uh, pain, and uh, you know we're going to get through this. But uh, I hope everybody's doing uh, well under the circumstances. It's a difficult time uh, in our country. So before we get started, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements, Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, I thought we'd take a deep dive today into DOJ's uh, recent uh, unveiling of and unsealing of uh, criminal charges against four executives uh, in its ongoing chicken uh, price-fixing investigation and bid-rigging investigation. Uh, The antitrust division, you know, in the criminal area has been relatively slow because of the sort of uh, last, uh, the sort of end of several big investigations 
We've seen lately uh, two new sort of uh, investigations bearing fruit, actually three, uh, one being the generic pharmaceuticals, uh, the second being uh, the cancer treatment centers in Florida, and uh, the third one that just appeared here is the uh, in long-running investigation of the chicken industry. The Department of Justice uh, uh, announced the indictment uh, in Colorado Federal Court of four executives from two chicken producer companies for participation in a long-running price-fixing and uh, bid-rigging conspiracy in the sale of broiler chickens, uh, eight-piece packs to grocers, fast food companies, and food cooperatives, uh, purchasing cooperatives that buy on behalf of, let's say, fast food fr franchises and things like that. The indictment charges specifically Jason Penn, the president and CEO of Colorado-based Pilgrim's Pride, and former vice president Roger Austin, and Georgia-based poultry producer Claxton Poultry's president Mikkel Fries and Scott Brady, uh, a Claxton vice president. And now, according to the indictment, the conspiracy involved at least seven broiler chicken suppliers, most of which appear to be cooperating with the ongoing probe. Uh, and it uh, centers on a time period from at least 20, 2012 uh, in, uh, into 2017. The defendants, along with other co-conspirators, engaged in a conspiracy involving agreements on pricing and discounts for annual contracts to supply boiler chickens. The executives used phone, email, and text messages to closely coordinate bids and pricing decisions and negotiations which were made to restaurants, grocery stores, and buying cooperatives, like I mentioned. Uh, Tyson Chicken, Sanderson Farms, and Pilgrim's Pride have publicly disclosed their cooperation with the ongoing investigation. Pilgrim's Pride, by the way, is a subsidiary of Brazilian meat uh, supply conglomerate, JBS, uh, which has had its own problems uh, with corruption uh, in terms of a settlement in Brazil. Uh, Glaxton Poultry appears to be fighting the charges, uh, but has not yet been indicted. Purdue Farms appears to be cooperating as well. Uh, the Justice Department's criminal investigation was disclosed in 2019 when DOJ intervened in a long-running civil case against various chicken producers claiming that several suppliers were engaged in a price-fixing and bid-rigging conspiracy. Uh, DOJ intervened in that case to request a stay of discovery in the civil case and then issued its own grand jury subpoenas to various chicken suppliers. Under the Antitrust Division's leniency program, just to remind everybody, the first company to cooperate and disclose the existence of the conspiracy is given a complete pass, along with any executives and employees that cooperate with the investigation. So the first company, quote unquote, in the door at DOJ is also rewarded by a detrebling of damages uh, under the Sherman Act uh, in any private suit that's then brought by victims of the price-fixing conspiracy. So triple damages turns into single damages. Uh, subsequent cooperating companies, after the first one in who gets uh, the free pass, the, every company that comes in in order after that is rewarded with discounts uh, from any applicable fine that decrease in amount with each company, you know, as each company comes in, the discount gets lower and lower. 
Um, Tyson Chicken issued a statement publicly, which I thought was interesting, confirming its cooperation and suggested it, that it quickly sought leniency by cooperating with the DOJ probe in response to the grand jury subpoena. Tyson explained that it, quote, immediately self-reported, close quote, information it uncovered following the subpoena. Tyson has suggested it, that it may have been the first company to self-report, but that has not yet been confirmed. DOJ's indictment uh, against the four executives from Pilgrim's Pride and Claxton Poultry is its first action coming out of this grand jury investigation. Uh, I expect more to come, given the size of the conspiracy, the cooperation of several companies. Uh, additional indictments are definitely expected. I don't think Claxton Poultry, for example, is going to uh, be able to just say we didn't participate in this. They'll get indicted uh, at some point. So the indictment, uh, and now let's get into sort of more of the uh, details of what's charged here, but it gave, uh, it gives us like an important window into evidence that the division is going to focus on, the antitrust division, and uh, how the conspiracies work and evade detection. Uh, antitrust compliance programs have to be crafted with the consideration of industry concentration and practices. Uh, attendant risks and effective monitoring and audit programs. And we'll get to, I want to go through the facts of the case a little bit more, and then we're going to get to lessons learned and sort of compliance lessons learned here in terms of some of the uh, priorities for antitrust compliance that come out of this uh, criminal case. So let's look at the industry for a little while. Broiler chickens are supplied to grocers, restaurants, and cooperatives. Some fast food restaurants participate in buyer cooperatives, which are known as quick serve restaurants, QSRs. And during the period of the charged conspiracy, there were seven suppliers of broiler chickens, uh, you know, several, seven major suppliers. Chicken is typically sold in an eight piece quantities and they distinguish between light and dark meat quantities. Negotiations for chicken supplies usually are conducted for a calendar year and include established prices and discounts. In some cases, multi-year contracts or monthly type of contracts are negotiated as well. But a common industry practice uh, pricing format is to set a price per eight pack with a discount referred to an amount back. So they, in the industry, they'll say a 30 back, which means a 30 cent discount per eight pack uh, or other quantity, or a 35 back, which would be a larger discount, and then ultimately a lower price. So like I said, we had four defendants who were charged in the conspiracy, and it's uh, you need kind of a cheat sheet to keep this all straight, but Jason Penn and Roger Austin are from Pilgrim's Pride, and Mikkel Fries and Scott Brady are from Claxton Poultry. So one of the deals, and they go through each of uh, several deals, and we'll go through uh, some of them, not all of them, but uh, the 2013 QSR, there was a dark meat and wing supply uh, type of contract. Uh, a cooperative negotiated prices with suppliers for dark meat and wings for the following year. For 20, uh, 2012, they were negotiating for 2013. Uh, Austin, uh, that being the uh, Austin being the person from Pilgrim's Pride who's pretty active in this conspiracy, uh, pro provided uh, Pilgrim's Pride's bid, which uh, to the cooperative, which was thirty back on the uh, eight piece. 
Brady from the competitor uh, Claxton submitted an identical bid to the cooperative. The cooperative employee purchaser told Austin that some suppliers had bid dark meat at 32 back, a lower price, and the cooperative would request, and the buyer was requesting that all suppliers change their bids to 31 back to get a bigger discount. In response, though, Brady uh, checked with other suppliers on their pricing. Austin and Brady then called each other uh, several times, and within minutes of these calls, Brady texted his boss, Freeze, and says, a, which is a Claxton Poultry colleague, that other suppliers were actually at either 30 or 31 back, not 32 back, as the cooperative employee stated. Brady also indicated he had spoken to Austin from Pilgrim Pride, and they were uh, three cents higher than Claxton Poultry on an eight-piece bid. Austin further instructed Brady to raise our prices on wings he is market and market plus uh, point, uh, 10 cents uh, from, Claxton, uh, from Claxton Poultry, uh, and they agreed to do so. So in the second round bid, suppliers submitted proposals with 30 back pricing and equivalent pricing for packages of chicken wings. Uh, Penn then uh, sent, and this is an interesting, an employee at Pilgrim Pride a spreadsheet which contained the eight-piece prices submitted for Claxton Poultry and two other suppliers. So you can see the coordination going on uh, in, in this case between uh, Claxton and Brady, uh, I mean, uh, between uh, Austin and Brady uh, in terms of this, uh, uh, setting it up. Claxton, uh, Brady being from Claxton, Austin from Pilgrim Pride. So then there was another example, 2013 request by uh, QSR to supply reduced weight product a cooperative employee requested suppliers to quote to supply reduced weight eight-piece product. On March 8th, telephone re records revealed two eight-minute calls between Austin from Pilgrim's Pride and Brady from Claxton Poultry. One hour later, Brady texted Freeze, so he's reporting internally, that he had spoken to Austin about the sizes and he is in agreement with us, is the language that he used. The 2014, uh, there was a dark meat supply for QSR contract in late 2013. A cooperative was negotiating for dark meat supply for 2014. Austin submitted a bid for Pilgrim's Pride for 30 back. Brady submitted a bid for 30, 30 and a half, 305 back for Claxton. On November 19, 2013, Brady and Austin, looking at phone records, spoke on the phone for three minutes. Later, Brady told Freeze, his colleague, that Austin was staying at 30 back, and Freeze instructed him to stay at 305 back. In the end, Pilgrim Pride and Claxton Poultry, though, reached a deal for 305 back for 2014, so Pilgrim Pride eventually changed its price uh, to match Claxton Poultry. 2015, there was an eight-piece supply contract for QSR, in the middle of 2014, a cooperative negotiated prices and supply of eight-piece chicken for 2015. Pilgrim's Pride submitted a bid with a margin of 0.1175 per pound. Claxton Poultry contained a margin of 0.0673 per pound. Austin and Brady uh, again spoke to each other in a 24-minute call. Penn then told an employee that Austin did some checking around and listed the bid prices for Claxton Poultry and four other suppliers. As the negotiations pro uh, progressed, 
Pilgrim's Pride sought to ensure that its price increase was maintained and that it would have the highest margin as part of the agreement with its competitors. Claxton Poultry and at least two other suppliers agreed to maintain price increases and ensure that Pilgrim's Pride had the highest margin over the objections of the cooperative buyer. Uh, we also saw typical in a cartel punishment of a non-cooperating supplier. The indictment outlines attempts by the co-conspirators to punish a sp specific supplier which provided chicken at a lower price and then regularly ran out of supply. The other suppliers would often supply the lower price supplier to meet a shortfall but would charge higher than normal prices to punish the lower price supplier for unilateral contract negotiations outside the cartel's activities. Finally, there was a 2018 broiler chicken products for QSR uh, facts in early 2017. A cooperative negotiated with chicken suppliers for 2018 supply. Over a four-day period, Brady from Claxton Poultry and Austin Pilgrim's Pride had numerous phone calls. When Claxton Poultry met with the cooperative, Pilgrim Pride was given a full debriefing on the negotiations to ensure that everybody engaged in coordinated pricing and terms. So that's some of the, the examples of the direct communications, the, uh, the coordination in terms of negotiations with um, uh, the buyers of chicken supply. And these obviously are not going to be, that's not an exhaustive list of all the evidence. But I want to take a moment now and sort of <clears throat> change gears and let's look at this from the compliance perspective and, uh, and what kind of uh, lessons learned can we gain from this and what does this remind us of in the antitrust uh, compliance space. Um, you know, this is an important reminder on the importance of an effective antitrust compliance program. Remember last year, DOJ put out guidance on antitrust compliance uh, and awarded credit for the first time, sort of memorializing a policy to award credit uh, for purposes of an effective compliance program uh, in cases where there was uh, criminal activity. Uh, and DOJ provided basically a roadmap for compliance officers to design and implement an effective program. Um, but DOJ's investigation of the chicken supply industry and more indictments which are going to come underscores several important issues that should be incorporated into an effective compliance program. First, executive level participation in C-suite risk assessment. As described in the indictment, the price-fixing and bid-rigging conspiracy was, was carried out by executives at the respective companies, senior-level officials. When it comes to antitrust conspiracies, that makes sense since major pricing decisions and coordination with counterparts at executive levels may be required to carry out the scheme. As a result, in most cases, an antitrust compliance program has to include a C-suite or executive level and executive level risk assessment. It goes without saying, but a bad apple or two or three in the C-suite can cause significant harm, and it is important to identify risks and incorporate compliance controls and monitoring strategies to mitigate and monitor those risks. Uh, if a, uh, as a corollary to this, to the C-suite sort of risk assessment and executive level risk assessment, 
point. Such an assessment is unlikely to occur, though, unless a company has an independent compliance function, which is adequately resourced and empowered to raise concerns and fully supported by the board of directors. It's highly unlikely that any of the companies that are involved in this antitrust conspiracy maintained an independent uh, and empowered compliance function. To the contrary, the high-level misconduct among the companies reflects, uh, in my view, the absence of any meaningful commitment to ethics and compliance. The third point I want to make is emails and communications monitoring and audits. The charged conspiracy was carried out with the use of emails, primarily with texts and telephone calls. A review of such information during the conspiracy would have revealed numerous communications among the suppliers and discussion of pricing, bid, and sensitive information. So it's critical for antitrust reviews and monitoring purposes to include, obviously, executives in the C-suite and executives uh, and executive level communications um, and looking at their emails, looking at whether they're communicating with competitors, and also uh, looking at their texts and their phone records. If communications with competitors is discovered, obviously that's a significant indicator of potential antitrust violations. Fourth, uh, pricing and bid review controls. Many companies are implementing controls now around high-risk activities such as discounts, bid tenders, marketing promotion allowances, and other sensitive information and practices. In the chicken conspiracy, it appears that decisions surrounding those topics could be implemented on the fly and without any controls designed to ensure that pricing decisions were properly made in response to market conditions and reviewed appropriately by uh, some kind of body or some kind of control that requires several people to sign off on pricing decisions and getting justifications and documentation about uh, how and why these uh, pricing bidding changes are, are going into effect. So to discover a possible conspiracy, compliance programs have to incorporate monitoring of pricing activities, including bids, negotiations, and ultimate prices. In many cases, patterns will emerge concerning market and pricing information. This will provide valuable leads to compliance officers who can then investigate company activity further and focus on individuals involved in these activities. Uh, next issue, market concentration. The higher the concentration of a market, the lower the number of competitors and the easier to implement and enforce price fixing and bid rigging agreements. The chicken suppliers were basically, uh, the market uh, involved seven significant suppliers and it appears from the indictment that they were regularly in touch with each other and sharing competitive information to carry out this conspiracy. Last, training, training, and more training. Antitrust compliance training has to be regularly conducted at the board, senior executive, and executive levels, let alone employees. In the chicken conspiracy case, it is unlikely that such training, I'm not saying the training would have led the co-conspirators to suddenly say, oh, I'm doing something wrong. There's no way that was going to happen. However, by raising awareness of the issue within the organization, such training could lead to detection or reporting by people surrounding these individuals who may have been able to pick up that people were engaged in this activity and hopefully uh, would lead to somebody reporting the activity 
um, uh, internally. Let's say they didn't have a compliance function, but maybe going to the general counsel and trying to raise concerns about potential uh, antitrust violations. The more you make people aware of the issue, the more training that's done, the greater the ability of uh, detection, uh, and that could have occurred. Well, that's, uh, that's a review of this uh, important case. Uh, I think this investigation is going to keep going on, uh, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Um, and uh, we'll keep uh, you know, following it and updating it. I think there's going to be more and more uh, indictments coming. Uh, remember, there's seven companies. And notice that the first indictment focused on executives at two of the seven companies. So I think we could see more uh, coming soon. Anyway, stay healthy, uh, hang in there, and uh, hope everybody's uh, doing well. And please stay in touch if you need anything from us at Volkoff Law. Uh, you know how to reach me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
daddy now 